Father, we welcome your presence more. Increase your presence. Holy Ghost, we welcome you. We are so thankful that you are here with us. Thank you, Lord, that you are leading and you are indeed guiding us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that we are standing in the midst, in the presence of a royalty. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. There is no one like you. There cannot be anyone like you. Everything we understand that everything that exists is here because of your own will and your desire and your pleasure. It was spoken into existence with your words, Lord. And, uh, and you can speak it out of existence if you wanted to. And thank you, Lord, that you have put us here to, um, to be ambassadors of heaven here on earth. You've told us to be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and have dominion. And we endeavor to do that in Jesus' name. I'm going to be short tonight. Let's see how we do. Just because, uh, hmm, I believe that God wants to minister to hearts even more. Um, there's just such chaos happening all around us, isn't there? Um, my goodness. Uh, we've heard uh, several messages and people speaking about when Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat. They're going over to the other side, right? Yeah. I'm going to talk about that too. It's because I couldn't come up with the original. Uh, no. I'm going to talk about the second time they, they went across. But the first time... Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen, and we all understand that Satan is the prince and power of the air, right? Mm -hmm. That storm was not caused by God. Satan knew where he was going. He was going over to the other side, and the disciples said, well, that's where we're going, but they did not expect the storm, and, and, and it's like, okay, things are getting bad. The boat's about to sink. I think it's time to wake Jesus up. I wonder if sometimes, was Jesus really asleep, or was he just kind of like, I wonder when they're going to do something? Oh, he probably was asleep. He was exhausted. He had been ministering. He had done a lot of a lot of stuff. He had, uh, you know, he had healed Peter's mom. He, had, you know, he had just done a lot of ministry. He was there was all kinds of things going on, and he was just plain old exhausted. He could have walked around the lake, but he said, "No, let's get into the boat. I need to sleep." So he was sleeping while all of that was going on. And then finally, when things looked like they were going to go down, the the disciples, yeah, Jesus. They prayed. When you, when you talk to Jesus, you're praying, right? Yeah. So they prayed. And they said, Jesus, you know, Master, don't you care that we're, we're drowning? And he gets up and he rebukes the winds and the waves and he turns around and rebukes them. Now, there would be a lot of head scratching going on right about that time, I think, right? Mm. We're bad? What do we do? And, and, then, and then after he does that, boom, they're over to the other side. Okay, yeah, what kind of guy is this that we're here? This is amazing. Jesus wanted to demonstrate to them that he, would, had, he had not just power and authority on land, but also on water. And he also knew what was waiting for them on the other side. Now, you can imagine these poor guys. They're in there. They're rowing. They're fighting the wind. They're good at what they do. And, uh, and then they finally give up, and they say, Jesus, we need some help here. He rebukes the winds and the waves, and then, boom, they're over on the other side. And they're thinking, ha, oh, man, we made it. We're saved. And then they get out on shore, and they meet a guy that is demon-possessed. I wonder sometimes, do we feel like that? We're, like, you know, we're fighting, we're going through the winds and the waves, and we finally get there, and then all hell breaks loose after that. <laughs> Anybody? Am I the only one? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm going like, 
God, like you told us to go across and then we got in trouble and then we're here and now we got to deal with the demonized guy. Like, and then he cast out all the demons and then they don't want him there. Get away, you're too scary. So they left. You know what, if I was hanging out with those guys, I'd be going like, what are we doing? What, what just happened? I don't get it. It was like, this is like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Sometimes we are just like that, are we not? I want to read a little bit of the second time they went across. I'm not sticking to my notes, so it might take me a little while to find them. Jesus is so good. I think it's in Matthew 14, and it's somewhere way down here. You know, uh, just before the first time Jesus got everybody on the boat and they were going to the other side, there was a, a ruler that was there, somebody in authority said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go, and probably some of his friends. And Jesus just turned around and said, you know, foxes have got holes to sleep in, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And somewhere in his teaching, he talked about picking up your cross and following after him and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, when you're serving the Lord, sometimes God is calling you into dangerous places. Have you ever noticed that? Marlon is here. He can tell you lots of stories. He was a police officer. I was not a police officer, and I, I come face-to-face with some of these guys that, uh, you know, whereas one guy had a gun and... That was kind of scary. Another, another person had a knife in my face, and I thought, well, this could be bad. Another time I stood in between about 30 people and all these drug dealers and said, you're not doing that here. They had weapons. I could see them on their seat, and I said, you're not, you're not doing that here. They were in my church parking lot, and I was not going to let it happen. You're not doing that here. Said, well, yeah, we are. I said, no, you're not. You're going to leave right now. No, we're not. I said, yeah, actually, you're leaving now. And, and all these, these other people, they're like, who is this lunatic? <laughs> and even finding, trying to find my sister one time, she was hanging out with some really bad people in this town. Um, and I won't say what all she was involved in, but it was really bad. But this, her handler had goons, really big guys. And, uh, and several times I had to face those dudes. I never had a weapon, but I thought, I'm pretty fast, I can break his nose and outrun his gun, no problem. <clears throat> if he can't see, he can't shoot me. That was my plan. And uh, fortunately, that guy backed down. I think he saw the angels that were hanging out with me. But we're, we're all in this together. We're all in the boat with the disciples, and we're all endeavoring to serve the Lord, are we not? So this second time when they crossed the lake, just before that, Jesus got word that his cousin and friend, John the Baptist, had just been beheaded. And his, his response to, to that news was to do more miracles than he ever did and, and just seemed like he kicked things up at a higher level. And then after he was done, he was exhausted, he sent his disciples by themselves this time out onto the water. And he went up to the mountain probably to grieve his friend and cousin, but also to talk to his dad for a while. He needed some help. When, uh, uh, I lost a bunch of people one year. That, that passage really ministered to me 
Because Jesus cared. You know, like when Lazarus died, it says Jesus wept. He was mourning for his friends. But he was also mourning for the state of mankind. So he went up and he, he sat with his father and talked with his father. And I believe that he was getting another download as to what was about to happen. And he sent his disciples off. And immediately when they get out on the lake, they end up with a big storm. I wonder what was going on with their heads this time. They're going out there, row, 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 row your boat. Just like, what is going on? Like, a big wind again. But now we don't have Jesus to stop it. So he, I can imagine those guys who were very skilled at what they did. They did everything that they could possibly do to get across the lake, right? They used their wisdom, their skill, their strength. They, you know, they, they were fighting fear. They were fighting doubt, discouragement. And they, but they worked hard. And Jesus actually saw them about the fourth hour of the, uh, of the night. So they were, they were going at it for a long time while Jesus was talking to his dad. And finally, he comes down off the mountain and he decides to walk across the lake. Now, that would be pretty cool. I remember a guy dis, uh, describing that scene. And um, do you remember when all the paintings of Jesus were blonde haired and blue eyed? A white guy? But he always looked sad with two fingers. I'm just a lowly shepherd. Yeesh. It was a bunch of white dudes that come up with that one, for sure. Have you ever been to Israel? There's no white dudes over there with blonde hair and blue eyes. Very, very few. But can you imagine you roll, roll your boat and it's windy. It's like... And this head rises up and... The, Okay, this is not this is not good. Like I mean, they're getting blown. Oh, the wind. The Bible says the, the how the word that describes wind is tempestuous. Now there is a big wind off the coast of BC that is about to land in a couple of days off of Victoria that they figure is just going to tear the coast up. It was that kind of wind that they were describing that these poor guys are out in their little boat trying to get across the lake. And uh, I could just see them rising up on a wave, and then they see way back over there. And who, what is, is that a person? And then they come up again, and he's a little bit closer. It's like, <laughs> oh boy, roll faster. Row, come on, Peter, come on. <laughs> I, can just, I can just imagine. Like, they are freaked out. Like, they're getting beat from every side, and they, they're getting ghosted, dude. And this, this guy starts walking toward them. I can't imagine what was going through their head, but I got a good imagination. And, uh, <laughs> and then he goes like, they're rolling, and they, like he's walking past, like, hey, who are you? And, and they go, oh, it's me. And then Peter says something amazing. Lord, if that is really you, then bid me come out to the wa on the water with you. And so Jesus does. I'm going to just read this. This is in, uh, in the Bible. Matthew 14, 21 and onward. It says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. They just write that so matter-of-factly. Matter -of <laughs> this dude's good. Walking on the sea in a big wind. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled I should read like King James or something. Now, the fourth watch, Jesus saw them 
And so he went walking on the sea. That's how those guys would write it. They just went walking. And, uh, and they were troubled. It's a ghost. <laughs> if I was in that boat, I'd be screaming like a little white girl. Like, there's a boat! What is that? That should not be happening. <clears throat> Art would be like, let's kill it. <laughs> not Bill. Just a minute. Okay, I'm better. You're not supposed to do that. You're also not ever supposed to say fart when you're <laughs> preaching. I learned that in school, in preacher school. I was there for an hour. Art stayed there for four years. He didn't catch on very fast. I nailed it. So, Reverend Richard is wanting us to get back on task here. <laughs> so they said, it's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. If you are in the boat right now, and the winds are blowing, listen to these words. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. The Lord is speaking to us right here, right now. Come on, Canada. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. That is the word of the Lord. And Peter answered and said, God, Lord, if that's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And this overwhelmed me when I thought about this because we do the same thing. Jesus is asking us to come out and do something difficult. How many have you read, you've read this passage and thought it was just a beautiful, calm evening and he got out? <laughs> it was tempestuous. Like to stand up in the boat would have been difficult. And Jesus called him out onto the water. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, that's a small word for what was going on, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, and I bet he said it with a smile because he was pretty pleased with him. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? The last time Jesus was in the boat, he commanded the wind and the waves to stop. But this time, he just simply walked on it. And this time, when they were in the boat, they were headed back to the same area that they went the first time. First time, there was this demoniac with a legion of demons in it, and they were told to leave. But they're going back to that same place again. I'm sure these guys had figured that out. And so they're probably thinking, okay, last time we were in a boat, just about saying, Jesus rebuked the wind of the waves, and then we were on the other side and then had to deal with this demonic guy. But it was awesome. One guy got saved, but it was a big save. He was saved, healed, delivered, and made whole, and a whole bunch of pigs disappeared. <laughs> Cleaning up the atmosphere. Have you smelt pig farms? They're bad. Just saying. <laughs> You're not going to ever forget this message. <laughs> they were headed to the same area 
check out check out the story. Big win, big waves, big struggle, big fear. And then they're probably thinking, this seems familiar. Now we'll probably get to the other side and there'll be something else really bad waiting for us again. But Jesus knew what he was doing the first time. And then the Bible says suddenly, again, they were at the other side. Don't you love the suddenlies of God? The suddenlies of God are like that in our lives. Big wind, big waves, big struggle, big fear, big doubts. And then you make it through. And then suddenly you're on the other side. I want to say this, that um, all of us, I believe, are sincerely wanting to serve the Lord, right? That's why you're here. Either that or you're just bored. But we definitely, we, we're, we're doing what we can to serve the Lord. We're, we're doing, doing the best. And, and I love the passage in the Bible that says that God knows the difference. He discerns between the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Because sometimes I'm doing things that are wrong, but my intention is absolutely right. And God can still use that. Isn't that good? And then we get into our little boat. We get, we get blessed by the, by the church and sent out. And we're going to go and win the world for Jesus. And, and all these amazing prophecies are over our life. And we get out in our little boat. And the devil figures out, no, I don't think I want you to do that. Because the last time they got in the boat, Satan knew, he probably figured out where Jesus was going. And he knew that his prized possession was waiting on the other side of the lake. And there's no chance under heaven that he wanted that guy to come in contact with Jesus. That's why the wind was blowing, I guarantee it. Because that guy was tormenting that whole region. They tried to chain him. They tried to lock him up, and he would just get out. He screamed like a wild man. They could not. He kept breaking chains, that kind of stuff. That was Satan's prized possession right there, I'm sure. But he did not want that guy free. But Jesus went and overrode everything and set that one free. The guy wanted to come with Jesus. Jesus says, no, I want you to go back and tell everything that, that God has done for you. And so he did. I'm not sure that the disciples knew that. They knew that Jesus told them to do that, but they didn't see what Jesus saw. I want to say that lots of times in our, in our service to the Lord as churches, ministries, we're, we're doing everything that we, we believe is right. God doesn't want us to check out our brain. He wants us to use wisdom. Otherwise, the book of uh, you know, Proverbs wouldn't be in the Bible if, if God didn't want us to use our brain there's something every, for every, every level of brilliance in the Bible, and I love that. People like me were just kind of like grade three. But then, you know, you've sat at tables where these guys, they can just like open up the Word of God and, and, and give you history and the richness of it, and I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of that. And I remember sitting in, in our um, many of our... Uh, ministerial meetings in the towns that I served, sitting with these highly educated men and women, and they would just, they would just start, you know, opening up the Word of God. But it was amazing how much they knew where they didn't really understand what a relationship with him was like. And that's where I shone. Well, let me tell you, one guy even said he went... He had his Bible open and stuff like that, and he said, yep, evangelism doesn't work anymore. I said, darn. He goes, what do you mean? 
well, we just, this last month had 25 people get saved. <laughs> what? How did you do that? Uh, we preached the gospel, and they got saved, all of them, and then we, we baptized them all. Well, they didn't know what to say. So there's actually power in those words that you've studied. And when you actually do them, it, it actually works. But I love, back to the boat again, I love the suddenlies of God. We're, we're just like those guys. We're, we're doing everything that we can. We're, we're trying to be wise. We're, we're, trying to, we're praying more. We're fasting. We're, we're into the word of God. We're, we're being obedient. And, and even sometimes God has asked us to get out of the boat right in the middle of all this stuff that is going on. Right now, the devil is throwing absolutely everything he can possibly imagine in every direction with every kind of force that, he, that, that, is, that he's able to. Don't you believe that? I mean, we... We are getting it from uh, media, from our government, um, you know, even from our friends that are full of fear. Like, they're, you know, like gee, you know, we had to just block out all the news for the last week because it's just garbage. It is absolute garbage. And I choose to believe Jesus said to get in the boat because we're going on the other side. So, okay, Jesus, if we have done that, okay, the wind is getting a lot harder. The waves are getting harder. Sometimes the boat is almost capsized, but it hasn't. And so then Jesus comes, okay, well, I'm going to kick it up one more time. Get out of the boat now. So we have authority to speak to the winds and the waves. Jesus proved that. He said, why didn't you guys do that? I didn't, I didn't know we could. <laughs> and so there, maybe they were trying that this time. I don't know. It's not written in there. Okay, wind, stop. Stop blowing. Stop. We're going to die. You know, like, and then Jesus comes walking on top of it. So not only do we have authority in the winds and the waves, we can even actually walk above it in the peace that comes from heaven. It, Jesus says, my peace I give to you. It's not a peace that the world can even receive. It will not even know it. But that's the peace that I give to you. And I think we're just like Peter. I love Peter. He was always, his mind was always going. My, my brain is always going. And I think, ah, oh, this is going to work really good. And then God's going, well, Bill, I don't think it, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that was, a, that was a train wreck, wasn't it? Yep. Let's try it this way instead, Bill. But we get out of the boat. And we're trying to stand on the waves. And, and, we're, and we're trying to defend ourselves and, and, and even advance even in the midst of what's going on. And then we remember what Jesus said, that, you know, if you're going to follow me, you've got to pick up your cross and you've got to follow after me. I'm going to go into dangerous places and I want you to come with me. Some of you are going to lose your life. Some of you are going to have all kinds of issues. You know, when Jesus talked to that guy, uh, you know, I will, I will go with you ever, everywhere. And then another one says, well, let me go bury my father or whoever it was, and then I'll follow you. Jesus literally said to him, you've got to leave the dead behind and you got to leave the living behind to follow me. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And then we're standing out in the middle of the wave, wind and waves and say, God, I didn't know it was going to cost this much. I, I was ready to give my life to you, and, and I've, I've always wanted to, but I didn't know that it was going to cost what it has costed. And, and we all have stories. Mine was I lost everybody, it seemed like. Half of my family, I lost my ministry, I lost finances, I lost everything. 
But God still somehow was able to hold on to my heart. And this is the, some of the best stuff. We think that when we're going through all of that kind of stuff, all the years of struggle, striving, trying to do what God is trying to do, and we think, oh, man, we've, we've wasted so much time. But then when Jesus comes and says, why don't you just take my hand? Don't fear. Don't doubt. And then the suddenness of God gets you to the right place at the right time doing the right thing. So God is not only the Lord over the winds and the waves. He is Lord over time and space and distance. And he will not allow you to miss out what, what, what he's called you to do. He is the redeemer of time. He, a couple times in the Bible, you know, God, if, you're, if this is really true, tell, make the sun go back however many steps. Or let's, uh, let's let the, the day just be a whole lot longer again. God can do whatever he wants. And he's doing that with us. And I th think the the, one of the biggest fears that most people are facing right now is everything's going to change so much, but God has spoken prophetic words over our lives. God never lied. The word that he spoke over your life before this happened is still the word over your life now. And it will still be the word of God after this is over even if it doesn't change the way we want it to that word is still the truth god is not sub subject to our financial system he's not subject to our governmental system he is not subject to our seasons if the wind's blowing and all that kind of stuff he just simply invites us to get out of the boat and walk on top of the water with him and he will make sure we're at the right place at the right time doing the right thing I just want to encourage us all because we think that we're too late. We've squandered our time. And, and there has been words of warning. Art, God has used art and other people. You know, a lot of this stuff that we're hearing now, myself and others were prophesying this stuff 30 and 40 years ago. I saw 25 years ago the stuff that you've seen on the news now. And, and God showed it to me when I was driving. I just about drove off the road. I asked him, God, what's it going to be like in 25 years? And I just, then I just saw the chaos. I saw all kinds of stuff going on. And it's just like, boom, and then it was gone. It just lasted for about a second. But I saw a lot in that second. And I'll tell you what, my heart rate was up for a long time because I saw a lot of horror and stuff like that. But then I also saw what God was going to do. That's what men was going to do. That's what demons were going to do. But then we get to see what God is going to do. It's difficult. We, um, you know, we're, I've been on so many prayer calls over the last few weeks. And uh, I'm thankful, actually, the last few nights, except for last night, we were able to sleep all night. But... Um, Many nights I'm up in you know at, at three o'clock in the morning, two thirty, two o'clock, one thirty, and and I'm just it, it's just a heavy weight for our nation and for the U.S. Right now, we really need to lean in on, on praying for the Americans because they are the symbol of righteousness for the entire globe. If those guys fall, then the globalist movement will just will happen. Um, I mean, God's still got a plan up his sleeve, but if, if, if we don't know what that is, it just looks like that's what's going to happen. 
But, but God has uh, David's and Daniel's and Jonathan's and Abraham's and all these kinds of people and the Gideon's. He's got them all hidden away in different places. These guys that will rise up. I just love Jonathan. Hey, armor bearer, let's go take on 100,000 of these uh, Philistines. Maybe God will give us them into our hands because God can save by either by many or by few. Two of them facing over 100,000 people. I figured out how many people would have been there. It was over 100,000. But all it took is those two guys to climb up on their hands and knees after the guy say, hey, why don't you come up here? We'll show you something. Okay, God's given me. That would be something that Art would hear. We're going like, no, Art, uh, let's go get a tank and uh, <clears throat> a bulldozer and some big guns and stuff like that. But no, 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 they said to come up here. So God's given, us, given them into our hands. Okay. But all it takes is somebody to stand like that. And, and, and in that story... Um, God watched Jonathan with his slingshot nail 20 guys, and then his uh, armor bearer went and killed him with his sword. And God thought, well, this is a good start. I'm going to help him out. It goes boogie. And then there's an earthquake, started scaring them all. And all the Jewish people, all the Hebrews that were in amongst the enemy camp because they wanted to be on the winning side. Does that sound familiar at all? We have churches that don't know what side they should be on right now. They just want to be on the winning side. So let's go over on that side because they're winning because those people there are wrong. I'll guarantee you when things change, they'll be back over on the other winning side because that's where they want to be because they're on the winning side. It might be difficult for that to happen, however. But God stirred all those hearts. And I'll tell you what, right now in Canada, I know this for a fact, that there are people that are ministering to our top-level um, politicians on both sides of the fence they have an open door and they get to go into their offices they prophesy over them they pray for them they will not push the hot button issues because they know art's doing that and i said <laughs> but it's right we need art and all of us to push the hot button issues and god has put them in these places like daniel and just like joseph not as enemies but as friends and they're building relationship and rapport and they are using the power of god to minister to these people and at the right time when god starts to move they're already there to pastor them that's brilliant god's got trojan horses everywhere I remember God telling me one time, you know, I was in this big meeting and, you know, I'm just overwhelmed by, you know, the, the, everything, the, the, the stature of all these people in this meeting. And I'm going, why am I in this room? This does not make any sense. But God wanted me to see something and it was something that he was trying to stir in my heart as I went forward. And he said, Bill, you know that I have people at my, at my word that are ready to stand up and take on the whole globe. They run countries, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that's right. He says, yeah, anytime. But I believe the Lord is just like Jesus in the boat. He's just kind of sitting there waiting to see what we're going to do. He's got a plan. He's not surprised by any of this stuff. And he's going to come walking on the water. He's going to call us out on the boat and then put us on the other side. Now, you need to know when they got to the other side that that demoniac did what Jesus told him to do. He told everybody, and they went into revival. They said they brought all the sick, all the lame, all the people that were demon-oppressed. They brought them out of that whole region, and they had revival. 
So I prophesy that Jesus is coming on the winds and the waves. He's calling us even out of the boat, if that's what we need to do. And at the right time, at the right place, he will, we'll be suddenly on the other side doing the things that Jesus wants us to do. I, oh, boy. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that it's your goodness that causes men and women to repent. And I thank you, Lord, that you are Lord over absolutely everything. Lord, that our greatest failure is nothing. It is no match for the cross. When we feel like we wasted everything, the cross says, no, I'm going to redeem that too. And I thank you that you, Lord, you, you are Lord over time and space. You are, you are the, you are the God of our health. You allow Jesus to take stripes so that we would walk in divine health. Even now, Lord, you're teaching your people to walk like royalty, that, that we are not paupers. We are princes and princesses, that we have the spirit of adoption and we are called sons and, and daughters by, by our a heavenly father and we are betrothed to Jesus. We are joint heirs with him. Everything that is his belongs to us as well. And Lord, we bless you and we honor you for that, oh God. I thank you, Lord, that you will not allow those, oh boy, whose eyes are on you, Lord, to, to be passed by because your eyes are actually looking for us. It says that the eyes of the Lord are looking throughout the earth, looking for someone to show himself strong on their behalf. And and I thank you, Father, that there are many, Lord, that are standing in the gap right now even, oh God, across our nation, across our globe, Lord, tens of millions, God, that are lifting up a voice in unity. Even though they don't see each other, they are praying the same prayers. They are seeking the same God, and they are expecting the same miracles in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that revival is waiting. Revival is now in Jesus' name, and you're reviving us here today tonight. You're reviving us, oh God, and we will face the wind, and we will face the, uh, the, the waves, and we will, hey, we will stand in the peace of Jesus, even in the midst of the tempest, the tempest winds, all of the accusations, all of the, all of the, uh, all the crud that is being thrown at us. Lord, I thank you that you are giving us strength, you're giving us victory, you're giving us wisdom. I thank you, God, that we are going to the other side because you said we were. Amen. But suddenly, we're all on the other side doing the right thing at the right place at the right time. Sure, it's difficult, but don't forget, we are in this for eternity. We are in this for eternity, and I think sometimes we forget that. It's all about looking after our comforts now. We are in this for eternity. Church, think bigger. See bigger. See beyond, see, see, see beyond here, uh, beyond this room, beyond Kelowna. God is still wanting us to dream. He's still wanting us to dream big because he is a big God. God will absolutely, absolutely Absolutely. I can say this, and many of you can say this too. I think of Devon D and others, the stories, the, the stuff that human beings should never go through. Yet we're here. We're serving the Lord. You heard Art's testimony. I mean, we all got a story. But we're here. We're here. And not only are we here, 
God is looking upon us and he's got his finger on you to do what Heather preached on just a little while ago, to do exploits. It's difficult. Don't forget, we're in this for eternity. God will absolutely make sure that all the struggle is worthwhile. Jesus is Lord every struggle, and he's also Lord over time and space. And if you want to, you could ask Philip about that. I win. It's 10 to 8. <laughs> I hope you're encouraged. And I believe that there's an anointing in this room. Hmm. Holy Spirit. Your word says in the book of Revelation, they overcame the devil by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb and not being afraid of the fear of death. Many of us have left the dead behind as well as the living. Many of us have faced death, but we're still alive. Many of us have been in the boat, fell out of the boat, back in the boat, tried to walk on the water, had to get picked back up again. We're no different than those guys. And Father, you've always been faithful. I ask for that anointing that is in the atmosphere right now just to be released in every vessel that wants to receive it. There's a high call on all of us right now. And God has called us to run a race. He is the prize and he wants our eyes to be on that prize and to run that race like you want to win. I thank you, Lord, that Luke and Warm are on their way out. I thank you, Lord. That the well is, is beginning to open up. Lord, those who are yours are not lukewarm. The fire, they got the same eyes that Jesus has. They got fire in their eyes. And they have a determination, the same determination that Jesus had. When he walked out on the water, he saw his disciples and he saw what was waiting on the other side. They also have the compassion that Jesus had. You know, this last night, um, they've opened up this building right next door to us, about 100 feet from our bedroom window. And all these homeless people have moved in. It, it's an underground parking lot that has opened up. And they are alive and well all night long. The first night they were there, there was fire trucks and ambulances twice the same night. Not much night sleep that night. Then last night, you know, Carmen was up all night because they were yelling and screaming. I managed to sleep for a while. But about 5 o'clock this morning, I heard this young lady just wailing. It was an awful sound, and it, it reminded me of someone else that I know that suffered from depression. And, and the, the awful sound that was coming out of her, it just broke my heart, and I, I was praying for her for quite a long time. Finally, she settled down and probably went to sleep. I don't know. But, but uh, as much as God is calling us to do war, our war looks like having compassion. When Jesus heard that John the Baptist, his friend, his cousin had died, he leaned into God. 
and he started performing miracles that were absolutely insane. He'd never walked on the water before that, but he did. He did just amazing things. And, and when this first started happening, I said, it's like we are like oil that is on fire. And Satan has got this big thing, and he's trying to put the fire out. But if you try to put oil out, out, out when it's burning, it just spreads. So I pray, Lord, pour oil on us and light us on fire. 